Hello, and welcome to Movies Last Night. I'm good. I'm not too bad. Um, I don't really have anything exciting to report since last time I saw you. <laughs> um, nothing thrilling has happened in my life. Um, so just tuning in to record another podcast, I guess. Yeah, same, same. Same, same old, same old. Okay, cool. So that was a thrilling and exciting intro to our podcast uh once again movies <laughs> last night with eric and scott and today we're going to be talking about you guessed it no time to die the 25th james bond movie that just came out this past weekend um eric and i went to see it in the cinema as per usual and um we're gonna go right through it today we're gonna break it down uh see what explain our feelings on it thoughts you know, um, we'll cover a little bit of other stuff too. Um, I was going to say, Eric, just before we get into this. So if anybody's listening to this, obviously we do do a lot of spoilers. Um, yeah. We try to be proactive about, I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, spoilers. I'd actually tag it in the description of the podcast. Today, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. Um, and I know some of the other movies that we cover aren't exactly like big, big box office movies where I think a lot of people are going to want to see them. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to see James Bond. So what we're going to do is uh, we'll actually, we'll figure out a way to do this. We'll actually like alert you of when we're going to get into spoilers because I don't want anybody to listen past that point if they want to see the movie because it's kind of going to be impossible to talk about my, I don't know about you, Eric, but about my feelings on the movie without like spoiling everything because it's so intrinsically linked my thoughts and what happens with the plot so um yeah. we're going to give you guys a big big notice for spoilers yeah i was gonna say uh before anything i'm i'm glad you i'm glad you kind of brought that up because i was going to kind of mention big spoilers for this episode um so we did announce it about a week ago on the last podcast so if you're listening now, you should have seen it by now, so that's your responsibility. Um, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to spoil this thing for you, so go watch it and come back and listen. Cool, yeah. Okay, so how should we go about this? Um, so I was thinking what we could do is um, we could kind of go over our own history with James Bond a little bit, because um, it's not just like we're going to be talking about a new movie that comes out. I mean, James Bond has his storied historic uh reputation and um it's been around i mean like i said before this is the 25th movie technically yeah. it's the 27th but two of those movies aren't canon um i suppose um which we'll get into but like yeah so we 
you can't really talk about James Bond without talking about James Bond, James Bond's yeah. history, really. Um, which so uh, I'll throw it which, to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, which which movies aren't canon? Okay, so there's two movies, I guess, that aren't produced uh, by the the same production group uh, for various reasons, and I think it's to do with like a lapsing of the rights. So mm. um, there's a the first version of Casino Royale. Um, which is an earlier movie. I think it's like a, a 60s one um, with David Niven, who played James Bond, and that is like a spoof. It's like a kind of, I haven't seen it, but it's kind of like a, I'm guessing it's like an Austin Powers-y spoof kind of on the, but he, the character is actually James Bond. So there's huh. that one. And then um, Connery. Now, James Bond historians are people who know about the, uh, films a little bit more than I would probably be like, chomping at the bit when i say this but i think what happened with connery is when connery left and then lazenby did a movie uh george lazenby as and then connery returned after the lazenby one i don't know if he had some kind of beef with the studio so um they he actually made uh and played james bond in a movie that was not made in the production company and it was like a non-canon um and I think that was, um, which one was it? Here, here we go. It was uh, Never Say Never Again. Um, and I think that's the one with Kim Basinger in, um, which is from 1983. So that one's technically hmm. not canon, I suppose. That's, uh, I mean, that's interesting because I, I had no idea. I had no idea about it because I really didn't, follow the earlier ones and i don't know if that mm. is sacrilege or not but it's it's weird because we had talked a little bit about it before where there are certain eras of bond that are your own and if you kind of go back and watch the other ones it doesn't have kind of the same impact almost so there i guess there's certain eras that i I identify as being kind of my bond, quote unquote, uh, more than others. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I'm sure, like to do with our age group, like my bond would probably not be my father's bond. Yeah, in that sense because yeah. he was probably watching bonds when he was a younger guy. So um, I'm sure my da- like I'm sure if I spoke to my dad about it, he'd be like Sean Connery's James Bond. You know what I mean? Whereas like yeah. I'm I'm in the age group where for me. Rightly or wrongly, Roger Moore's James Bond, at least Roger Moore's who I vividly like his face pops into my head when I think of James Bond, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so 25 movies, dude. And like two of them, like I said, not in canon, which I think is really interesting. And of those, I actually really want to watch it. I've seen Never Say Never Again before, um, but I would actually really like to rewatch it now, knowing that it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, and and I'm pro- I might be using the term canon incorrectly. Um, let's just say it's not like franchised, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know who directed that too? Uh, Irvin Kirshner directed that. Who I believe is the guy who did um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, pretty interesting. So twenty five movies, and let me throw it to you first, Eric. Then so. How at what age do you remember first seeing James Bond and like how did you how did you come across James Bond movies you know when you were growing up? Sure, um, 
I like sim similar to you. I, it would have had to have been the uh, the Roger Moore bonds, um, but to be honest, I don't even remember the first time that I I've seen a Bond movie or or saw a Bond movie. Um, I'm sure it was probably on probably television, maybe cable, um, mm-hmm. and. And I could, I honestly, I couldn't tell you the first one that I watched. Now, I know that I've seen them all, and that's probably because I either went back and re rewatched those particular ones, or had started watching uh, the more ones at a, at a certain point and just continued on. Um, but I honestly could not tell you the very first one that I that I had ever seen. Um, but I do remember uh, watching them as a kid growing up. Um, I'm sure that I saw the probably the Dalton and the Pierce Brosnan in the theaters. But the more uh, Bond, I more than likely I either saw it on cable or uh, rented it, or because that was kind of the beginning. I think of um, like VHS rentals. So more than likely, it, it was a movie that I rented, um, and I do remember as a kid, as a kid, and I and I and I think any kid would really kind of enjoy them in the same way that maybe you enjoy like a Indiana Jones or something like that. It's just a very action packed adventure type movies um now i don't know if i should have been watching them as a kid uh, because although i can't (laughs) remember kind of the the sexuality of the movies i'm sure it was in there i mean that's 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 part of the character you know so i'm sure it was in there but but i don't really remember i don't remember that aspect of it that much like I, I I couldn't really tell you the the female characters in those movies, but I also probably couldn't name off the villains either. I just kind of have a faint memory of of those particular movies. Um, I remember a few of the songs, and um, and really that goes for that goes for all of them from more all the way until um for more to uh to to pierce brosnan um i'm real iffy on on really plot uh the antagonists the females in it i just know certain aspects i can remember certain aspects of it um and maybe that is just because uh I kind of reinvested my time in the Craig um, era of Bond, and and I'm more familiar with it because I've recently kind of I've rewatched them, so it's I'm it's more current in my mind. Um, but uh, to yeah, like I said, I I can't really just sit down and kind of give you a plot synopsis of a View to a Kill or anything like that. I have no idea. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's that was an interesting point you made too. You know, um, 
like it comparing James Bond slightly to Indiana Jones because I feel like if, if there's one thing, one franchise that is clo- the closest parallel to James Bond in my mind is Indiana Jones. Um, like you could almost in a way see Indiana Jones having went through it if, if it if it was around as early running through a similar kind of uh setup as bond where you'd have like say harrison ford did it for like three or four movies somebody else went on to do it you know what i mean like i feel mm-hmm. like you could indiana jones could play like james bond it's it's the it's the closest you have to like a um um like a spiritual twin <laughs> in a way that's you true know, both like yeah the, you know both, and both I, go to exotic locations, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I suppose that they probably could, and I think they tried with, there was the young Indiana Jones, I think there was a television series, and um, and I think when the that last, the Crystal Skull, they probably tried to hand the reins over to, like, uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf, but... Uh, yeah that guy's a bit of a train wreck i i guess for the studio so <laughs> that didn't happen um and i think they're remaking another one with harrison ford i think um yeah the eye i th- i think the i hope that i mean yeah that, but i i i don't, I don't know yeah, that i want to see it so. <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's pre- i mean he's really old now he's too old to be jumping around swinging i think if they yeah. did do another indiana jones they would have to like the smart way to do it would be to have him almost play like the Sean Connery role from Last Crusade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I could, that's maybe one way to do it. But yeah, so, okay, so like, growing, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good, like, um, um, time scale, I suppose, of, if you know, you get into James Bond and your history with Bond. Um, it is a little different for me. Um, now I don't know, this might sound like a weird thing to say, but I think it might be different for British boys than it is for Americans to like, absolutely. James Bond. Yeah, totally. So James Bond was so like intrinsically connected to my childhood. Um, so in England now my memory's a little hazy of my youth. So I believe that it was either on Christmas day or boxing day or Christmas Eve around the time of the holidays. So this could definitely counts for christmas but i think it might also count for like easter and um like bank holidays i feel like they would always show james bond movies on television so it'd always be a thing of like your family would be around and you'd be like oh, okay james bond's coming on let's everybody sit down and you know you'd be kind of in that like haze of too much food too too much drink if you were an <laughs> adult but like like sitting yeah. down and i'm like it's it so to me james bond's like a lazy sunday matinee kind of movie that's that's how i kind of grew up watching them so i i grew up i mean i i've seen all of them multiple times at this point um and and it was so and and i think too obviously because he's like it's like it's a it based on a uh it's in fleming i believe wrote the the james bond books and it's uh yeah. like spy novels and then obviously it's like such a british institution obviously because james bond is british and um which also ties into a lot of problems with the whole like colonialist kind of like semi sketchy, um, which we, we'll get into later, like history of James Bond. Um, so yeah, so like as a kid, like I, I feel like I just grew up alongside James Bond. And obviously at the time when I was growing up, 
uh, started like watching movies. It was definitely in the Roger Moore period, um, then straight into the Timothy Dalton period. Um, and then obviously as once we started heading into Pierce Brosnan, um, I was definitely of that age where I was watching other things. You know what I mean? Cause I'd grown up and I'd been like, I was starting yeah. to see myself as a bit of a cinephile and like, I would keep up with the Pierce, Pierce Brosnan movies. Yeah. We're talking like 1995 was golden eye. So, which was a six year gap between license to kill, which is the last Dalton movie. Um, so within that six year gap of me, me coming into my own, probably starting college around 1995. And then I would have been like, yeah, getting into like train spotting or whatever else came out at the time. So yeah, I think like my boyhood association with James Bond definitely ended at the end of the Dalton era. And then like, I just kind of watched Bond as like a fat, like it's just like a throwback kind of thing or like just as like a comfort thing, but never like, I was never like invested in James Bond again, like I was when I was a little boy. Um, which I guess is yeah. the case for a lot of people, really. Yeah, it. I, I think at some point it just becomes almost entertainment, you know? What Like when you're a kid and watching them, it's, just, it's like high adventure and fun, you know? But uh, when you're watching them later on, it's it's more like, oh, it, it's a fun action movie so, sort of thing. Or you're watching, you're watching it for different things, you know? You're watching it for maybe certain spectacles or... or you know different action pieces and and stuff like that um and it's almost something that you could just throw on tv and and go about your day and you don't have to concentrate too much on it but uh, but when you're a kid i think you're just so focused in on just this the kind of crazy spectacle of it oh yeah totally because i mean they despite the fact that there's like very adult overtones um, which is a lot of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, innuendo. So, you know, like yeah. the whole um, Austin Powers plays it so perfectly because it, it was that style of like almost like Benny Hill, like, you know, like it very camp uh, the way I, I would see James, especially the Roger Moore run was very camp in its humor. But like as a little boy, though, when you watch it, um, yeah, you've got like car chases, uh, explosions, you have gadgets and like what little kid doesn't like gadgets. You had like pens that turn into yeah. flamethrowers or whatever, you know? So like um, there was all of that. There was like globe trotting and adventuring, which obviously kids love to do. So like it would always be one exotic locale after another. And then um, there's s something too, I think when you're a little boy too, and you have heroes like James Bond who are like um, in a way invincible too. So like there's violence, but it's still a very like sanitized violence where you know James Bond's gonna win all the time. Um yeah. and he does it with a with cracking a one liner with a nudge and a wink. And there's like yeah, there's a lot there for for children, I feel like a lot there for well obviously specifically young boys. Um and I feel like yeah, you're right. Like as you get older and then you know you've you you kind of obviously disasso like detach from that kind of like childhood uh childish mentality um you see you yeah people like nowadays i think like when i watch them now i'm watching a james bond movie for the action and the spectacle you know what i mean um yeah that that in which very few if any franchise delivers like james bond does um so it's it's weird yeah growing up alongside them but like i do feel as much as James Bond is like intrinsically linked to my childhood watching movies, I, I'm not precious about James Bond. 
Uh, I'm not like a purist or I, like I take it for what it is. It's just entertainment. So like I'm not yeah. like I always find it fascinating when people get so defensive about franchises like Star Wars, for example, or like even Indiana Jones, like we were talking about, like Ghostbusters. <laughs> like I don't I don't see movies that I enjoyed as a child is like I don't feel ownership over those properties at all. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. them for what it was at a period of time in my life when I when I was ready for that. But like, yeah, I don't like, so I'm not, definitely not like a James Bond fanatic, put it that way. No, <laughs> no, same, no, same. I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty entertaining. And, and it's funny how you were talking about kind of the, the, the sense of humor of, of, of those movies. And I really, I really don't remember any of the kind of one liners or whatever from, from them. But it carries over into this more kind of uh, recent era of uh, of movies, and then you can see how they they kind of they do those little like one off uh, little jokes that either play or they don't, and um, I guess that's just kind of a callback to the silliness of of uh, the character uh, in the past, you know, because oh, with yeah. this. Yeah, with this new era, it's almost, this is, to me, it almost seemed like a very kind of different, a different Bond than any of the previous ones to date. There's something very different about what they did with the Craig Bond than than they did with the... uh, with the other actors it seemed like with the other actors they just kind of carry on that lineage they don't make it their own in a way it just seems mm-hmm. like they're kind of playing off the foundation as as the the movies go on but with craig it almost seems like they they shifted it a little they put him more in a human world you know uh to a degree you know they they made him a little bit more of a human character and one of the things that that I really liked about uh, his his I'm just gonna call it era you know his era of Bond um, is that he's not I don't think that he is considered a spy in these movies like with the past like with the past ones he was always a spy or like a super spy or something like that a man of espion uh, like espionage the yeah the international man of mystery type guy and uh he was spying for his country but in this he is and and they openly say it too he's an assassin you know he's a killer for his country that he assassinates people um there's no real kind of spy involved in that it's just he's a killer yeah totally which is a good, which is kind of like, yeah, in a way. So what they like, it's almost as if they lifted the veil off of the 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 pomp and silliness, and they were like, well, essentially, if James Bond was it, it really actually doing this, yeah, he's he's basically an assassin. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's like he's not really, you know, because you wouldn't like in your mind when you think, especially about um, the Moore Bond or even the Sean Connery Bond you don't really think about him as like a straight up killer, you know? Mm. No, yeah, you don't. So like, and, and you know, definitely. 
Yeah, they, they. I mean, they always kind of tongue in cheek, like you know, he's you know he's James Bond and he has a license to kill. And I think in th- in this one they really kind of examined what that means. With the other ones, it's just like it was just part of kind of the the tagline or the you know he he has he has just this uh, he's you know judge jury and executioner but they never really go into it in those earlier movies but with it with these with the new ones um there is there's a i I don't remember which one it was but it's like they kind of explain in a way what it is to kind of have that power or give that power to someone where you know they they have to decide when to kill and when not to kill sort of thing so it's a it's kind of a very real mm-hmm. aspect of his character in the in these newer movies yeah totally no yeah and i think like that was like a natural progression and i feel like it, moving with the times you know by the time that they stepped into casino royale which was 2006 um i think there was with uh, when Brosnan took over and Goldeneye came out, um, and Goldeneye being such a success, um, in in kind of like, it it at the time almost like a retooling of Bond, um, it it eventually like devolved into like stupidity and kind of ridiculousness again. By the time it hit Die Another Day, which is the one with Madonna in, which is the last Brosnan movie, which is a stinker. It's like a really it's one of the <laughs> worst Bonds I think, and I think like they knew that they had to. Um, or at least it, to me, it seemed like they knew that they had to address this. And it's like, hey, we're in the, it's like the new millennium now. We, we can't, we can't be, we, we can't let, you know what I mean? Like we have to move with the times. Like we have to, like, as like everything became a little bit more serious and like um, shifted more of an, it, it almost like shifted in more of like an adult tone. And I think, yeah, the best yeah. way to do it was the way they handled it, I think, you know? And then with the introduction of a brand new Bond, a Bond who was physically, physically different. Not only in the sense that he had blonde hair and he didn't have the typical dark brown or black yeah. uh, quaff, uh, but like if there's a physicality to Daniel Craig that the other Bonds lack. I mean, Sean Connery, no doubt, back in the day in the '60s, Sean Connery was a beast of a man. Like he's a huge, big slab of a man. Um, yeah. But I feel like they got so far away from that that by the time Craig came back around. Um, yeah, he, he kind of like reinfused it, like uh, give it like a shot of it, shot in the arm, basically, you know. And um, I, I like it's kind of interesting too how he, Craig isn't traditionally handsome like the other Bonds are. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's very much more like, you know, what's funny about Craig, like, and this isn't actually probably a thing, but the way I see Craig is like, it's almost as if they took James Bond and made him working class, um, I which you. I think is really yeah. interesting. You know, and like they took James Bond away from that, like, um, like uh, posh, uh, pretty boy, playboy kind of vibe. And then all of a yeah. sudden you got a guy who looks like he plays rugby and drinks at the pub in the weekend and like throws down, you know what I mean? So it's like, and I know, like, I don't know what Daniel Craig's background is, but like, it's very much like they just, they decided to make James Bond working class, which is like kind of really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, he's a military guy. Um, yeah, like so. Yeah, yeah, just your regular kind of, I guess, enlisted military guy because he's a commander. I think what they said. Yeah, so I mean, 
that's us having kind of went through Bond. Obviously, this isn't a deep dive podcast and we're not like, I don't do any research before we do these shows. <laughs> so if you wanted, if you wanted like a comprehensive history of James Bond, I'm sure you could get it from somewhere else. But um, yeah, that's basically where we stand on Bond. Um, so just before we go into um, our, th- our initial thoughts, spoiler-free thoughts initially on the new Bond movie, um, where would you kind of rank... Uh, obviously, I'm. I take it the Craig Bonds are your favorite Bonds. So, of the movies that you've seen from the C- Daniel Craig run, um, where do you kind of land on those movies? Like, do you have like ones that you prefer, or like, um, is there anything that was like a, a particular favorite of yours going into No Time to Die? Sure, um, I would. I would put. Uh, I would put Skyfall at the top. Um, mm. No, I would put Skyfall number one. Uh, uh, no, no time to die. Two. Spectre. Um, Casino Royale, and then uh, Quantum of Solace at the end there. But I, I think I think that's just uh, Skyfall is just because it just looks so beautiful that <laughs> that movie. I mean it's. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen again. Um, but I mean, yeah. I watched it on my, I watched it on my television and I mean, I, I, I have a decent television and it looks, re- it looked really good. It was 4k, you know, uh, uh, ultra high def. Um, so it looked, it looked amazing, but I, I would have really liked to seen that one on the big screen again, but, uh, Skyfall is definitely, um, I mean, look-wise, story-wise, everything, that one's number one for me. Um, the reason that the, the new one is number two, it's just it's, it's kind of tone and theme, and we'll get into all that. But I, I think that one kind of resonated with me in, on a more human level, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, what, that's interesting. What about you? Yeah, I... Um, so yeah, I would probably say like nostalgia aside, the Daniel Craig Bonds, I think are the best Bonds. Um, and I would probably rank them close to, for me, I still think Casino Royale is the best one. Um, Mm -hmm. I, just because I feel like Casino Royale is like a really good melding of modern Bond, um, pre-born identity or like without that born identity influence but like i think it's the, the best melding of like traditional bond and new bond in traditional bond in terms of like scope and scale and spectacle and and like mm-hmm. um how charming daniel craig is in that movie um and then the with so it's a it's like a good it's a good mix i think and i feel like um structurally like narratively i think it's like really fun i really like how the whole movie ends up with like a climax that's a game of cards you know what I mean? I think that's really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really like Mads Mikkelsen as Le Chiffre. Um, Le Chiffre, Le Chiffre, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but like Mads Mikkelsen's excellent in it. Um, I love Eva Green. I like that. The, I like that relationship, like the, um, how he, how, how, like the tenderness that he has towards her in like how um, he's very much at this point, like 
just like kind of like a, a blunt instrument. He's very like uh, rough around the edges. The movie even starts uh, Casino Royale where he kills somebody and the guy's like, oh, you're not a double O yet because you have to have two kills to be a double O. And he goes, well, I've already got one. And then he goes and then he shoots him. You know what I mean? So he gets his second kill, which I think it's just like it's like a cool introduction or reintroduction to James Bond. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I, yeah, Casino Royale is still my favorite. Um, I would put Skyfall at two. Um, now Skyfall for obvious reasons. One because yeah, it's probably it's arguably the prettiest James Bond movie. Although I think Spectre is really pretty too. Um, but both Sam Mendes. But like Skyfall is just a stunning movie to look at. <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Deacons just incredible. I really like. Um, I like the end of Skyfall where it kind of flips back. Spoilers for Skyfall if you haven't seen it, but like um, when he kind of goes back to his ancestral home or like his childhood Mm -hmm. home um, in Scotland, which I think is kind of cool. And like it has that almost like straw dogs kind of like home invasion thing at the end, which I think is really cool. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Skyfall second, Spectre third, because um, I do really enjoy the introduction to... um, like the Blofeld inspector element of it, which is like, yeah, you know, like bringing back an old character, like, you know, and like Batista kind of playing that kind of like almost like a Jaws role or like an odd job kind of role, which like, yeah, you get a henchman again, which we haven't had a good henchman in a long time. So, uh, yeah, I think Spectre is really good. Um, I would say my least favorite of the Craigs is what everybody's least favorite of the Craig movies is, is Quantum Solace. Um, which by far and away I think is the weakest of, of all of those movies. Um, I don't really care for it. I've seen it. I saw it at the theater when it came out. I've seen it a few, one or two times afterwards. Actually, not. I think it was probably like last year during quarantine. I think I rewatched all the Bonds and I rewatched mm. Quantum, and it yeah still just leaves me cold. I don't think it's very good. Um, interesting though because it's the first James Bond that like runs back to back. So like it was the first time we had a James Bond where I was like. This directly follows on from Casino Royale, you know what I mean? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's the weakest one. Um, going into, obviously, and we'll get into our thoughts on No Time to Die in a second. But yeah, that that's pretty much where I stand on him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really like this kind of, this series of them just because of the the connecting storylines that that they end up being you know where the other ones were just kind of like one-off little adventures um at least as i remember it um yeah not too many of them kind of connected to one another and i guess that's just the the almost marvelization of of uh franchises now or or uh series now um that you have to have these connecting stories for these uh, like larger than life characters. Um, but with this one, it really kind of, it, it almost sneaks up on you. And, um, and I think in the end pays off. Yeah, no, I agree. Totally. I totally agree. So with that being said, then, <laughs> um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, let's get into no time to die. So, uh, no Time to Die came out just this past weekend. Um, famously, the movie was pushed back from last year during lockdown 2020, which I feel like we say a lot on this podcast because everything we're seeing was supposed to come yeah. out last year. Um, but yeah, um, famously pushed back. And I think for me, I, and like James, the, the Bond movie was the, the main movie, whereas like whenever they do release it, that's when 
cinemas are back to normal. So it was like, because it's such a big tentpole cinema release movie, whereas like, mm -hmm. that's how we judge when when the industry feels like it's back to normal or it's getting back to normal is when they actually eventually release James Bond. Um, so I guess they deemed October 2021 um, the, the best time to release it. And what's funny is, Eric, when we went to see it, um, it's the also the first time we've been to a movie theater and the entire screen was sold out. Yeah, it, yeah, it was pretty packed in there. Um, yeah. yeah, that was the first time that it's been that way uh, with any of the movies that we've seen so far this year. Yeah, I mean, so that definitely at least speaks volumes to the... I, I don't know how the movie's done domestically or like box office-wise. I'm not really too into numbers. I don't really... I don't really see it as a, a judgment of, you know, anything really. But um, yeah. it was definitely like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. The movies are back. We're at the movies. The, the place is bloody packed. Um, yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Um, so when we watched it, we spoke briefly um, when we came out of the, the theater. So I, we kind of both know where we're at really with it. Um, but I just wanted to like, hear you go for it, Eric. And like, um, kind of like, get into it and if you want we can do this our initial review spoiler free and then do spoilers or if you want yeah. we can just announce the spoilers depending on how you feel we could do a, a, a spoiler free part in the beginning and 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 at the end we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um uh, maybe some spoiler stuff that uh that we want to get into a after kind of the, our initial review Sounds good. Okay, so how about it, Eric? Um, so I had watched... Um, I was going to watch all, all four of them before we saw this because it had been a while uh, since I'd seen uh, the other ones. But I just... I kind of ran out of time. So I was able to watch uh, Skyfall... And that was the second time I'd seen Skyfall. And then Spectre, that was the very first time I'd seen Spectre. I didn't see Spectre in the theaters. Um, but the other ones I had. Uh, so mm -hmm. I was kind of, uh, I was having my fill of kind of reliving the, the James Bond movies uh, o over the weekend for the entire weekend. So, I mean, it was like every single day I had seen uh, a James Bond movie. Um, so going into it, I was all the little kind of clues and, and backstories that they were dropping in. It was all real fresh to me. So, so I really appreciated uh, that to it. And I, and I, it kind of, it also kind of gave that, that idea that, okay, we're wrapping up the story with this movie. Um, I, I enjoyed like all the. Uh, I mean, it starts off just right, right from the, right from the beginning, pretty much. So it's like as Spectre ends, it, it pretty much it, it, you know, it gives a little bit of time, but it, it starts up right away, and uh, you get some great action set pieces in the beginning. I mean, it's no real spoiler. They they show in the preview pretty much everything that happens in the beginning of the movie. So, um, so everybody's just gonna be used to. To seeing that right off the bat and then you go with those little kind of set pieces as, it, as it's going along and and there wasn't 
I kind of I, I was kind of watching it with almost a smile on my face because it was just like I was just having fun with it as it was going along. There wasn't any part of the movie that was kind of a drag or slow for me. Um, I was just kind of really invested as uh, as everything was kind of playing out. Um, all the little cameos I really enjoyed, and uh, it was there was never a point where I thought that the plot was kind of muddled or confusing or anything like that. I just I, I kind of I kept up with everything um, well, and I think that is just because I had revisited them so close uh, to one another. Um, and then the uh, the villain, I, I, I found the uh, Remy Malik's villain uh, interesting, uh, almost is almost a throwback to older villains, you know, um, almost like a, you know, uh, if I can remember it right, like a Dr. No or, or something like that, where he's just almost so eccentric that it's, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's comical, but it's, it's almost, it's almost tongue in cheek in a way because, you know, of, what what his kind of the the mode in which he kind of operates and the kind of weapons that he uses or you know because he's a scientist and he's he's not really a fighter he's a scientist sort of thing so it's a it's kind of it's interesting that kind of the dynamic that they both have with each other you know uh, one's a mm-hmm. one's an assassin like we said and the other one's kind of a scientist and you you get that kind of interesting back and forth and and uh, I I think he I think those are the characters that uh, uh, Remy Malik is really made to play. Um, I remember seeing him in uh, that new Denzel movie um, with oh, Jared yeah. Leto. Mm-hmm. It was, and the name escapes me right now. And he was. He was almost so out of place in in that character. Um, he was the weakest thing about that particular movie. But in this one, it seems like these are these are the roles that he's really good at because he has a very kind of particular look to him and style that he portrays on screen. Yeah, that I really I, ca- that movie- I thought. Com- yeah, yeah. I think that movie was. Is that the little things? Um, yeah with yeah. Jared Leto yeah yeah that's exactly. that's a good point that you made there because he felt totally wrong for that movie um yeah whereas this feels yeah you're right this is like a much better use of his particular skills I think yeah uh, yeah I mean uh I like his, his whole kind of his aesthetic and and how he kind of set up his his fortress and all that very kind of throwback very throwback for me um and then the the ending of the whole thing really kind of tied it all together and I won't get into it here, but, uh, I thought, I thought it was a, a very, it was, um, I thought it was a great ending. You know, I was, I wasn't upset by anything that happened. I, I thought everything was tied up really well. Um, we didn't stay for the credits, 
So usually at the end of the credits, they, they have a phrase that comes up. And so I'm not sure if, if that popped up again. Um, so I might actually see if I can kind of research or go on YouTube or something like that, see if anybody put in kind of end credits or any sort of like, you know, little kind of secret like afterthought that goes in that because um, I'm kind of curious myself. But uh, but just to be spoiler free, I thought the ending was great and I, I really kind of enjoyed the entirety of the ride. And I, I didn't really see it as just one film. I saw it as a... As I was watching it, I was thinking back to these other films that that I was uh, that I had seen, and and I really kind of think um, Daniel Craig knocked it out of the park with this character. And um, for me, he's he is um, he is my he's my new Bond. You know, he he took the place of kind of that Bond that I grew up with. So. Um, I, I think it's I think it is going to be interesting um, going forward and um, to see what they kind of come up next with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be big shoes to fill. Yeah, Daniel Craig, that's for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm first and foremost I'm really pleased that you watched Spectre before we went into it because. Um, Mm-hmm. Man, I think if anybody's listening to this and you haven't seen Spectre, you do need to see Spectre before you watch this movie. Like you really, all yeah, you really movies, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spectre is the most important movie to watch before going into this because this movie does play like a direct sequel to that. I mean, it is a direct sequel to Spectre. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, but I'm yeah, that's uh, and I I kind of feel I mean like I'm I'm with you, Eric. Like um, there's a few things that I really enjoyed about it. I mean, it's obviously regardless of the movie that we saw i was really pleased that we saw it on the dolby digital screen and i know you know this might seem like if you listen to this it might be like why do you keep talking about what screen he sees the movie on but like it did make a difference we saw it on the, the dolby digital screen um which it makes is a huge our difference, local yeah. theater oh it does it makes it makes such a huge difference and like we saw it on that screen which is for me pound for pound the best screen that they have there um in just the experience of watching the new James Bond on, on a beautiful, big, sharp, clean screen with like really, really good sound elevated it. Like I, I can 100% say in all certainty, if we had seen that on one of the crappiest screens there, I would not be as positive on this movie as I am now. I can 100% say that with, with like, like with all certainty, like the actual experience definitely played back into my appreciation of the movie. Um, so that was that was the the first thing I took away from it, <laughs> um, yeah. and then um, moving on from that, like yeah, um, I the movie itself has a lot of the things that I just love about James Bond, and it has it in spades. And um, we talked about this briefly when when we came out of the theater. Um, for me, James Bond does feel like a luxury franchise, luxury franchise, and what and, and what I mean by luxury is there is a level of quality and production value and cinematography and score um there's like an elevated level of quality especially especially with these daniel craig james bonds like that just it's it, it's an action movie that plays to a much higher standard 
than your typical action movie fare. And by that, I mean your Fast and the Furiouses, your um, Mm -hmm. actually just about any action movie that comes out full stop. Um, Yeah, is. Yeah, there's like a it's it's like. It's like a sports car. I said this before, but it, it, it's like a high end sports car. So like everything about it is slick, super, super slick. And and I really, really appreciate that when I'm watching it, because I'm like, it's really nice to watch a movie. And then other other than the um, Billie Eilish song that's at the beginning, which we'll get into that too um, later in, in the Bond songs or what have you. But um, other than that, it's a score that plays throughout the movie. And I'm like, that's so refreshing. I don't have to listen to some stupid bloody pop song kicking in. You know what I mean? When there's an action <laughs> scene or like, like not sound like an old man, but like I, all of those elements in modern movies do nothing to function, have no other function for me than to actually remove me from the movie. Like the minute I'm hearing a Pitbull song, I'm like, I'm not really in the movie anymore. So yeah, there's like definitely like, uh, in this movie does not disappoint in that regards. It's, it's got, so it's, it's standing on the shoulders of giants. I mean, you're coming after like a Deacon's shot movie, Sam Mendes. You're coming out like from somebody who's known for making beautiful, sweeping, epic movies. Um, so the movie has a lot, lot to live up to. And it totally does. It totally lives up to that standard of um, beautiful scenery, um, excellent choices of location, and then just wonderful action sequences that are easy to follow, that are telegraphed well, that are shot well that like makes sense geographically when you're trying to follow the action. Um, everything about the movie is top notch, first rate. The writings I think is excellent throughout the movie. Um, and now I don't know, I'm not hundred percent on this, but I believe they brought in um, that lady who wrote Fleabag. Um, I forgot her name now. Um, British comedian uh, to like, treat the script i think to go over the like the script and i think like hmm. the the dialogue and the script very very good the performances across the board are excellent daniel craig has this kind of like he's like he has this kind of like a weary old kind of like settled he's like a, a like he's so settled in that character of james bond that he's got like it's he, james bond feels really lived in in this movie like you know that role and um he's doing like just an excellent performance. I think Daniel Craig, I think Daniel Craig's a really underrated actor actually. Um, yeah. And he's delivering it with like, he's not overplaying it. He's not overselling it. There's like, there's like a, a slowness, a slowness and like a creakiness to the way he moves because obviously he's getting on in age. Like there's um like the, just the whole physicality of his performance, I think is very, very good. Um, so yeah, I think that's excellent. Um, the, um, the but yeah the, the vulnerability car- of that character you know that that yeah, you don't totally. get from those from those uh previous ones like though those bonds are almost invincible but with mm-hmm. this with his with his bond it's like he's like i said before he's very kind of human you know he has he has his faults he has like you can tell that character has gone through incredible physical pain um, so yeah, there's mm-hmm. a definitely there's a vulnerability to that he kind of brings to that role. Yeah, which I think is great. I mean, it, it's so refreshing, and um, yeah, uh, they some of the new characters that are introduced. Um, there's a scene. This isn't a spoiler. It, she's been shown in the uh, trailers, but um, I think her name is Anna de Armas. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's uh, an yeah. actress who you might know from Knives Out. 
was the most recent movie that I saw her in. She's like the main protagonist in that movie, also alongside Daniel Craig, which is interesting. Um, She is, I guess, like the new Bond girl, which is, I guess, is a tradition where you'd have like a new like femme fatale type character in. Um, Obviously, nowadays in 2021, it's without the tropes of James Bond. So it's not obligatory that she has to have sex with him <laughs> and then yeah, gets yeah, killed yeah. immediately afterwards. But yeah. they introduce this woman and she's like, a, she's like an, another agent and she's like underselling herself, saying she's only she's only been on the job for a few weeks. And she has an excellent little cameo appearance with like a really fun action scene. She gets one of the best action scenes in the movie and um, they, they use her character really well. It's a shame that she's only in for such a brief moment because like... I actually read something recently where they were like, you could take her out of the movie and she wouldn't, you wouldn't know that she was in the movie at all, which I get, but I still thought it was fun and it, it, to break up the movie a little bit, you know what I mean? Because throughout the movie, other than Rami Malek, um, everybody else that's in that movie, more or less, we've spent time with in the previous movies. So it's nice to have like, when the new, there's a couple of three new characters are introduced, and when each one, I'll not give any spoilers away for the others, but um, when all the new characters are introduced, they all feel like fun, fresh. They all feel like uh, they add a bit of energy to the movie. Um, mm-hmm. In they're all like um, it every time, yeah, every time a new character is introduced, it, it like just picks up the it picks up the movie, and it gives it like a little breath of fresh air, and it just keeps the movie like chugging along at a good pace. And I think. They, they did a really good job with the choices for the actors for all three of the new characters. Um, I thought it was really good. Like, everybody does really good, like, performances. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie, too. Um, and then to get into to how they wrap the movie up, obviously, like you said, this is the last Daniel Craig Bond movie, so they obviously had to address that and then address how they were kind of essentially writing out the character or like closing this chapter and i think the way they did it was very good i thought it was tastefully done i thought it was written well and it was performed well so like as a whole i'm like happy with the way the 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 movie wrapped up but when we get into our spoiler section after this my biggest problem with the movie is also the plot so um so not to give any spoilers away but like in order for me to really break down my issues with the movie, then we will have to go into like heavy spoiler territory. But all, all in all, though, yeah, I think it was like top notch. And if I had to put it in the canon uh, or like in my rankings of Bond movies so far, I would definitely put it probably tied at third with Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even maybe it's higher than Spectre. Actually, I'd probably put it third. So I'd probably still go Casino, Skyfall, then this. So I mean. And when I say that in a ranking of, it's only a ranking of five movies or what have you, but like, I really, really love those movies. So for me to put this movie up there with them, that means I really, really love this movie too, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, it's, if you take it as just one whole movie, I mean, it's a, it's like a 15 hour movie. So, so I mean, you're going <laughs> to have, yeah. you're going to have slow, you're going to have a slow three hours and, crazy three hours and you know that i think uh i think this kind of i think this is one of the best three hour movies that i've seen in in a while you know oh yeah uh like, you yeah i haven't seen Eric. too many of them but uh it didn't feel like three hours i mean i, I it feels i yeah. felt like i i could go even a little bit longer but it, it was fine, you know. I, I thought it was 
I thought it was paced really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the first things you said to me when we came out the theater. You were like, it didn't feel like three hours. Um, which I think, like, coming from you, like, that, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty high praise because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like three hours at all when you're in watching it. It feels it feels like you, you're entertained and you, and you kept up with the movie and, like, it, the movie, like, propels you along the whole time. Yeah, it never really sags. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I mean, if it... Um, if it, it, it the, I mean, there have been some movies that have been shorter uh, than this that sometimes it was like it was a chore to almost keep my eyes open for certain things. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I could, yeah, I could take it or leave it sort of thing, you know. But uh, with this, I was just like very aware of everything that was happening on screen. Yeah. Do you think, Eric, that if you and I, when we usually go to see movies, it's usually on a Saturday and it's usually directly after we finish work. And uh, yep. if anybody's listening, Eric and I work very early in the morning. It's part of yeah. our job. Um, so do you think if we had to watch this after a shift, because we both watched it on our day off where we're already rested. Yeah. But like, That's you know, true. do you think if we had to watch, yeah, I, I don't know if That's that played true. into it. But yeah. I don't, I don't think it um, did though, because it just didn't feel long. No, it, it really didn't. And it, it had enough in there that it really it held your attention as it was going along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into spoilers? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's. So from this point forward, stop listening if you haven't seen it. I mean, we're warning you now. So spoilers ahead. Yeah, big, big spoilers. Um, <laughs> Go so, for it. Uh, okay. Um, so when I said that I had an issue with the movie, um, my biggest issue with the movie is the ending of the movie. So the um, just to kind of give the a plot synopsis in like two minutes. So basically, uh, the movie starts. James Bond is still together with um, I forget her character's name. The the woman who he falls in love with from Spectre. I'm gonna bring up her name right now, just so I know. Yeah, I've got it. Um, um, so it's Leia Sadu, the actress. It's her char- character, Madeline, right? So he's, they're still together. So movie starts like that. Um, one thing or another happens, and then basically he's left to distrust her, so then they separate, and they separate over a period of, like I guess, like five or six years, okay? Um, uh, they get kind of thrown back together on the hunt for this virus um, that gets released, um, or it has like gets stolen. The British, I guess, are developing a, a virus, which is kind of like a really clever like uh, nanobot virus, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so it gets thrown back together with her, and then um, as the movie progresses, this is just real cliff notes. I'm not even actually getting into the whole Rami Malek character yet, um, but like it, we di- we discover, which I guess um, some people are spoiling this already. I don't know if you've seen that, but I actually read a review today. And they basically spoil the fact that James Bond has a kid, like in the review, which I think is kind mm. of wild. Like, why would you put that in the review? At no point yeah. is that hinted at in any of the promotional material or any of the trailers. It's never hinted that he has a kid. So I, I, it was really irritated me today when I read that. Um, yeah, so, and even, even in the movie, like when the kid is revealed, she says, it's not your kid. So yeah. it's kind of like, it kind of like, you're like, is it, is it not, you know, sort of thing. So it kind of, 
it, it carries you along for a little bit and then you put it together that yeah that that's that that's probably right you know that but i mean yeah i mean if you're gonna put that in a in a review and not like have spoilers or something like that that's crazy that's so crazy dude it's it's crazy. In the comments after the review, people were openly writing letters to the editor complaining, saying, how dare you post this? That's like so, like, it's so poor taste to do that. Um, anyway, I'm so pleased I didn't read anything. That's another reason why we should never read shit before we go and see a movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the introduction of him having a daughter, which I guess is the... Um, I don't know if the language... I don't know the, the right word for this, but basically that is like... Sh- the fact that he has a daughter is kind of a catalyst to the end of the movie. And then the, the, the spin on it being that obviously that he contracts this virus. That means that it's targeted towards specific people's DNAs and the virus that the particular virus that he gets is targeted towards Madeline's DNA and thereby her daughter's DNA. So if he was to come in contact with them, close physical contact with them, he'd essentially kill both of them. Which is kind of like a really cruel twist on on the end, but a very clever twist, I think, too. So yeah. not only do we have him like reconnecting with his love, deciding that he actually is ready to be in love again and ready to sell, and then um, not only that, to find out that he has a daughter, and then to be kicked in the balls and be like, no, dude, yeah, you've got all these, you've got everything your heart could ever desire right now, except you don't, you know? It's like a very yeah. cruel yeah. and clever twist. Obviously, with that knowledge in mind, so obviously Bond's like, well, screw it. I'm st- stuck on this island. I, I, I don't want to live if I can't be around them and touch them. So basically, he, it's not really so much self-sacrifice, but he kind of like, he just he doesn't go as crazy to get out of the situation as he did, you know, as he would do normally. So he basically dies. And that's my problem with the movie. My problem with it is that, um, and I know I talked about this briefly when we left, but I don't think... I think the ending was clever and well written, and, and and also I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it's a nice way to wrap up the movie and wrap up like this character's franchise or whatever like this period. I feel it's too cruel. I feel it's too, it's too. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's like in a way it's like, like they're kind of punishing him by this, and I and I I just feels like it left a bad taste in my mouth, like. Hmm. I think it could have been far more interesting if the movie had ended where he didn't die, but we knew that he had this virus, okay? And then flash forward, and you see him doing his own thing, and then you see his kids, his kid growing up with Madeline, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. he's basically... Which would leave it open in our minds that it could go either way. Like, he could... Somehow they could find out a cure for it, or, you know, he could still be actively somehow a part of their lives, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but like, I just feel it's like dogpiling. Like there's this weird kind of like, um, like, I don't know. I don't know if Daniel Craig's bond deserves to be punished as much as he is at the end of this, these runner movies, because he <laughs> doesn't was, really do anything it, bad throughout the movies. It, it's like the, it's like the black mirror bond is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> feels like. Yeah. yeah it's just like did Von Trier decide to do this last Bond movie because <laughs> it's like it's particularly cruel and um, that's what bugs me about the movie and I can't understand I understand why they did it and I understand it almost has that like remember that when 
Hugh Jackman did that last X Men movie, but it was like Old Man Logan or whatever it was, where he's like a yeah, yeah, version of yeah. Um, Wolverine. And that had a similar kind of ending where basically, like, you knew he had to die and he dies at the end of the movie. Spoilers for Logan, whatever. Um, there's a difference, though, a fundamental difference in the character, though, because, like, I just I just don't think he warrant. I don't think the character warranted that. I just don't think he did. I think if he was going to die, have him die, but don't have him die in a, as a way of like punishment, which is that what it, that's what it felt like to me. And for some reason, it just left a bad taste in my mouth, and I just can't can't get my head around it. Yeah, I mean, I I totally understand what you're saying. It's like if if he was going to die, you know, just make it on the island. Like he couldn't get out. There was no way for him to get out. He had his his final goodbyes and and that was that but this almost didn't give him a chance to he didn't see any other way out you know i see where you're yeah. coming from i would i don't think i was as bothered with that um with that ending at all um i think that it was that's just almost what his job was you know he knew the world that he kind of played in and eventually it was going to catch up with up to him you know out of everything that he's ever done and in his you know kind of entire career he's he's almost he's come out unscathed in a way that that is almost maybe maybe he didn't have perspective on how lucky he was in those situations and this is just kind of me going off the cuff with that uh kind of idea but the i think that what happened with him with the the getting the poison happened i think it kind of it turned it turned him into someone who has a little bit more perspective on on what his life was and what it maybe could have been and and i think it gave him it gave him a, I think it gave him a little bit of a, a moment of grace in the end when he was like, I know, I, you know, I know, I, I think that was the last thing that he said. He was like, I know, I know. Um, so he, I think it, I think it really kind of gave him, I gave, I think it gave him perspective and grace in the end. And, and I really appreciated that ending. I see, okay. I see what you're saying though. No, totally. And actually what's funny, cause hearing you, the way you talk about it, kind of changes the way i feel about it actually um and i think and and i like your version of it better i like how you read it better than the way i read it and uh yeah i don't i think maybe it's part me read it like yeah because you're right it does there is there is like kind of like a moment of grace about that at the end in like a realization and then like almost like there is a moment where you can see him like come to terms with it and especially when she actually confirms that it's his daughter Mm-hmm. because she goes yeah she, you're right she does have your eyes because that's what he he says to her when he first gets introduced to her daughter he's like is that and he goes well she has my eyes and then she's like no it's not your daughter and then um but when they come back at the end like i was thought it was a nice bit of writing where it was like yeah well she does have your eyes so it's her way of saying yeah that's your kid without without literally saying it which we all kind of suspected anyway um mm-hmm. and you're right there there's something quite quite sweet about that and when he finds her little toy like a little toy rabbit and he has yeah. it on him when he dies i thought that was kind of kind of cool too so yeah i think i'm i'm gonna go with you on this i'm gonna i think you convinced me um yeah you've definitely kind of 
made me look at it a little bit differently. I think I think the reason why I'm looking at it like that is I think I read too much shit on the internet. But like <laughs> just to just to kind yeah. of like so I haven't you know I re- haven't yeah. Yeah, I haven't read a single thing about this movie. I, I really I think I looked at Rotten Tomatoes just to kind of see what the tomato uh reading yeah. was and then j- then I put it away. I haven't I haven't read a single review on this and I also haven't listened to a single review of this movie. So That's I didn't I kind of didn't want it to taint my my feelings about about it because I think it was I think it put him in a a very interesting perspective and a, a very interesting light in that character who's been almost comical throughout the years and just uh, like almost comically heroic throughout the years and this really for me this brought this character really down to earth i mean there are some comedy and there's some absurd action in it obviously you know it, it is those movies but i uh, there is i also think kind of wrapping it up too, there's a certain amount of heart that that it ends up with as well you know and for them to do what they did to that character i mean he's the like you said before he or previously to this he's the only bond character that they have ever killed i mean they have killed like double o agents in in the in the other movies i believe uh but mm never never that particular character you know yeah that i, I can remember you know no i think you're right like unless i'm misremembering i don't think there's a single actor who's ended a run by that bond getting killed off i might be like if i'm wrong about this please let us know but i don't think that's happened at all so for them yeah, yeah. To, to, to be as ballsy as to just kill him off is like is pretty cool and it's actually kind of a testament to how much how important they see his run as bond that they give him they give the character enough gravitas that they could actually give him like a real closing to his run yeah i mean like a real end to his run which yeah you're right which is nice and i think what it is is okay so i didn't read anything about the bond i didn't watch any of the reviews i didn't uh no no, i didn't check the rotten tomato any of that i think what i mean though is but i read too much on the internet is i think i read too many think pieces by people who um aren't smart enough to write think pieces and i but i end up consuming them so i over the years i've read so many like articles deconstructing bond and deconstructing the you know it's like let's 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 talk about we we need to have a conversation about james bond we need to talk about the rampant misogyny we need to talk about such and such and like there's been so many people giving like opinion pieces on how like like breaking breaking him down or the character of james bond and what it represents Mm -hmm. that that I think that my, it doesn't have my backup, but it has my backup enough that when I saw this movie, part of me was like, especially when they killed him and in the cruelty of the way they killed him, to me felt as if like it was very reactionary in a, in a sense. I, I was like, are they starting to, 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 to like buy into this? Like, and like, I get it. I 100% get it. Like, I understand that, that, that it's difficult to do there's there's a difficult conversation to be had about james bond in the the role of like yeah like the misogynistic character like the the way that women are treating these movies like all of it i totally 100 percent i agree with all of that 
I agree that it has like a slightly troubled past and I agree that with the fact that it wasn't written particularly well and like I 100% agree with all of that. I do not however think there's an easy fix to that other than what they've already did. I think when yeah. it, Daniel Craig took on this role, I think that they they've handled everything with grace to do with his the the like in like in sophistication in like I think they they answered all of they already answered all of those questions in my opinion to do with the the troubled past of James Bond because I do not want them to see like I I'm I don't want I don't want them to take away sexuality from James Bond because I think if you take away sex from James Bond or sexuality like from the character it kind of like you're kind of like chipping away what makes him kind of interesting now there's a way to make him interesting where he's not a total piece of shit like I totally yeah. get that, but like I don't, I don't want them to like, I don't want them to like strip, like strip away that element of Bond, and that doesn't matter who's playing it. It doesn't matter if it was a woman playing it or a black guy playing it or like any anything. Like I think the character inherently is it, like I like that about the character, and and I feel it's it's kind of crazy that I, I feel like I have to defend myself saying that when I'm like, oh, I like the fact that James Bond's kind of a Lothario. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it's that's a weird thing to say, but I kind of do. And I feel like but the, the, the way they handled it with Daniel Craig is that like they they answered it the best way possible by whereby they made him fall in love. You know what I mean? They made him they made him like they made him fall in love and then they made him go through loss. And then which kind of like really centers that character, which I thought was really good. Um, so my re when I reacted to the way I did to the end of the movie, it's basically me having my back up a little bit and being like, I don't want. I don't want to see them crucify the character of James Bond. I want to, I want to see them like address things and move forward in a sharp and positive way without like, without it being like the, the character needs to pay penance. You know what I mean? <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it totally does. And, and I think, yeah, they kind of answered it to a certain degree because he does have, he does have a few affairs throughout the, this five, these five movies but he also he also kind of he falls in love you know he's also kind of um uh, kind of searching for that relationship and he find he finds it with one um woman earlier on and she dies you know yeah, and that and that's yeah. that's brought into uh these later movies and then he he finally he he kind of re-falls in love again and and sees the possibility of a relationship so they never really tackled those uh that kind of narrative with the with the older bonds where he was you know he wasn't just out sleeping with all these women he was really kind of wanting to have that those relationships or or they gave him the ability to 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 kind of have those relationships uh during the end um, but I mean, yeah, there, there are, there are some, uh, uh, questionable things that still kind of, that kind of go on, uh, with, with the character, but it's never, nothing's just, nothing's kind of out of character, you know, yeah. it, it, everything kind of stays within the realm, but, uh, those relationships are also added on to you know yeah yeah no totally totally 
Um, is there anything that you wanted, any uh, points of the movie you want to talk about that would qualify as spoilers? Um, well, let's, uh, let, let me ask you, what, what do you think about the uh, tying up the whole, the, uh, with the Remy Malik character, how they kind of tie up the, the Spectre storyline with basically killing them all off and, uh, his character is the the catalyst for that whole thing how do you how do you think they handled it i mean were were you yeah. positive or negative on on how they kind of how they tied everything up and and um did, did you have an opinion about that yeah that's a good question actually because we never really talked about that um yeah i thought it, i thought it was pretty good i thought like i i thought it was i don't know is i thought it was good i thought I can't tell if it was like deliberately a little hammy or a little cheesy, but like, yeah, how basically they take them all out with that virus in in all of the Spectre agents are at one party, <laughs> which I think is pretty fun. Um, and then they all get taken out. And then um, I like how um, I like how Malik uh, gets her to use the the virus when she goes to visit Blofeld, which takes out Blofeld too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and I loved seeing Christoph Waltz again. You know what I mean? I thought that was great. And like, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Like Hannibal Lecter type moment between him and Daniel Craig, which is good. Um, I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah. I think like, it's interesting. Do you think it needed to be in there? Um, and it, I mean, obviously it needs to be in there in a sense because she's connected his relationship with yeah. her, like coming out of Spectre, they do have to address certain elements to do with Spectre but it's almost as if like if you take away him killing all of Spectre and you just take that little section out you could st the movie would still play out the way it would, would do just without Spectre being in there other than the fact yeah. that you know like yeah I mean introduce Bond to to her to Madeline they use that that Blofeld thing in that interaction uh, is a way to get those two characters back together. Yeah, um, I like the I I did I like the way that they handled it. I I um I like the kind of idea of this like uh, you know larger than life global cabal that is being taken out by by one person just because of personal issues. Um, mm -hmm. It's not it's not like it was one of their agents who just went rogue and and decided to take them all out it was the story was kind of just as big and grandiose as the whole idea of what that group represented so um i i, I thought it was interesting you know that the the masterminds were out masterminded that's not a word but i'm going to use it um <laughs> that's a tagline for this episode <laughs> 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 um but uh yeah i mean i really i like the confrontation uh i like that the confrontation between bond and and um and that character i can't i can't think of his name right now um and uh and i like i said before i like the i like the idea that he was kind of a throwback type character this this nefarious scientist who lives in this remote island and it's is it's it's almost like um it's almost kind of a, a funny campy 
kind of throwback, you know, almost like an Austin Powers throwback, you know, because he lives on this this ultra fortress on this deserted island sort of deal and <laughs> that's where they have where that's where they have their final showdown sort of and I'm like of course, you know, it, it I thought it was kind of a perfect way to kind of tie it up and and um you you can look at that and just kind of laugh at it, but then you can also you can look at it and say like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I really kind of appreciate that the the writers and directors kind of went this way and and saw saw it for the world that it was, and you know, I guess that's a, maybe it's a little meta, but um, but I I think it was earned uh, in them doing that. Yeah, I agree with you, Eric. I I said that uh, when we came out of the movie. I I do really like how, yeah, I love the fact that it it's a it's a lair on an island with uh yeah, yeah like very tropey and like very um, and I and like almost like a knowing callback. Yeah, you're right, which kind of like pays homage to the 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 story or the characters' roots from the older movies and I thought that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I ate up all of that shit. Like the mm-hmm. the scene where they have the little um the little eye that um Blofeld's talking to everybody through the characters yeah, holding up behind. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's very like kitsch and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I totally um, that, Yeah, yeah. I mean all, all the little things that they did were really kind of interesting, you know, from the party to, you know, the the remote lair. Uh, and of course they have like a like a little small lake of acid that someone falls in well not acid but you know it's like it's like yeah, acid totally. type type death that happens and and yeah. um and how they kind of tied everything together i think was was kind of perfect but uh what what i was talking about like when they when they uh go through the credits at the end of every movie they always say james bond will be back or Bond mm-hmm. will be back, you know. I was kind of curious if they did that at the end of this movie, or if they did just did uh, like what I would uh, imagine would be 007 will be back, you know, or will yeah. return, sort of thing. So, so I, I haven't. I wanted to go back and see if I could find like a clip of that to see if they put it in there or not. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up after we do the episode, actually, because I'm kind of curious now too. I think the way you said it is if they said 007 will be back is a good way to do it. Yeah, because um, I mean, can they really bring James Bond back? Can or will they kind of restart the series again and just have another Bond or will they will it just be a 007 character now? No, I think yeah, I think what they'll do is I I 100% think they're going to bring James Bond back. Um but I think it'll just be a cold reboot. Like it's just like all new cast, all new M, all new Q, all new Money Penny, all new everything. All new everything. It'll just it'll just hmm. start fresh. Um, which I think that's what they're gonna do. Um what did you think of the fact that the movie was directed by um Kari Fukunaga? Um uh, who yeah. people might know from True Detective. Um Yeah. What did you think of like th- how do you think he handled it? I think he, I think he handled it great. I mean, there were some, there were some. I did. I had no idea. I I had mentioned to you afterwards. I saw that his name was in the screenplay. Like he was one of the mm-hmm. persons in the screenplay who had who had wrote it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That I I had no idea. But then it showed like he directed it. 
during the credit sequence, I was like, oh, I, I had no idea. So, um, no, I was I was pleasantly surprised by that. I think I think he he did an amazing job, amazing job. You know, I think he did a job on par with Sam Mendes. Um, I mean, the, the from the action sequences to the to the the fight in the forest uh, with the with the fog was great. I mean, you had some great exterior shots that happened. I I think he just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think so too. Because um, you know, really, Eric, he's like movie wise, like of note. He's only really did he did Sinombre, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. I don't have pronounced that correct. Um, it was a pretty good movie. Um, that's like from way back, like two thousand nine. That's with um. I think mm-hmm. it's about like uh people on the train getting across the border or whatever. I, I think I I nice have seen that. I but it's been it's been quite a while. Yeah, he did the Jane Eyre uh, interpretation with um Fassbender, um Fassbender, which is really yeah. good. Um, but then other than that, everything else has been TV. We've got True Detective, Maniac. Um, you've also got um, and then a bunch of producing and writing roles for like The Alienist and stuff like that. So. In terms of like handling a big movie, like a bit, he's never done anything on this skill before. So like, I thought like the whole movie was so confidently and competently directed. Like, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, he did it. He did a great job, fantastic job. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Like it, it, like I thought that from a technical standpoint, I didn't think there was a single issue with the movie whatsoever. Um, like whatsoever. Um, I thought it was a beautiful, a beautiful movie, and like, um, yeah, everything was like top notch, like top tier. Um, so other than that, um, I'm just kind of curious. What did you think of the introduction of um, the new 007, um, who is played by an actress called uh, Lashana Lynch? I think that's oh, yeah, um, Lashana Lynch. Yeah, it was it was fine. I mean. She she wasn't she she was in it for like a a, a brief period uh, towards the end where she kind of got to uh, be a little bit more uh, interactive uh, with the James Bond. Um, I think she did fine. Uh, do was that a character that you needed? I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess because of the time lapse that happens, uh, with the five years that happens, yeah, they would have put someone else in his place. Um, I think she did fine. I I don't think it hurt or. Uh, I don't think it hurt the movie. I don't think it added a whole lot either. But um, I, I'll, I'll just say I, th- I think she did fine. You know, I, I think she yeah. did an okay job. Yeah, I liked it. I liked um, I liked how she brought like a physicality to the movie, and I and I thought I kind of liked the idea of her being his muscle. So like, um, especially at the end mm-hmm. where the, where she teams up with him, and like she's like. She's such like a physically impressive like woman. She's like she looks really strong and like she's like yeah. really good with the action sequences too. And I thought like it was really cool how we when she teamed up with him, she was like I don't know, like in my head part of me was like I mentioned this to you earlier too, that like I like 
I kind of like the idea that James Bond was like running a team. Like I kind of would like to have seen if they had kept this Daniel Craig Bond going further into like another movie. I would have really liked to have seen him being more of like a team leader <laughs> as opposed to like yeah, being no. like the one yeah. guy that gets sent in because his they, those two played off each other really well. And like I like the I like the 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 idea of him going in with like a group like I thought that could be something that they could have developed that would have been pretty interesting is that like him um in a way like not retiring but like promoting out it so almost into a more of like a mentor role which I thought would be pretty cool yeah um so there was little hints of that with her um which I really like because you know he gives her that tip off he's like hey if you're looking for such and such you might want to try this dude and then she finds Mm -hmm. the guy that she's looking for and then um when M is saying, oh, it's a really good job. She goes, well, uh, James Bond did tip me off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty Yeah, funny. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I like that would that. be a like, really interesting kind of uh, avenue to go down uh, with those characters. Um, I, I, the, only, the only way, the only thing that, I don't even know if it's a criticism, really. There's a thing, there's a thing about Bond uh, that he's like, he's kind of a, a super kind of grizzled uh, veteran of these situations, and we're so newly introduced to her. I didn't get that same kind of uh, almost intensity or uh, world weariness almost from her because she'd been only been doing it for a handful of years. And um, where like with him, when when we're introduced with him, it's like he he he's killing people to get in. Basically, I just I didn't even even though she did um, have to kill people to get in. I just didn't read that from that character right away. And like I said, I think that's just because we we didn't get enough time with her uh, to begin with. It kind of just seemed like she was. um, uh of the age, you know, of the time uh, sort of character, you know, the hip new 007 type of type of deal where we were yeah. so used to uh, Craig, who was this very kind of rough, rough and ready type of uh, individual who was wrecked by the world, basically, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know how he feels a little bit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Um, okay so well i mean that's kind of i think we've kind of covered it pretty well especially like for spoilers i mean honestly the rest of the stuff that happens in the movie i kind of like people should just discuss we don't need to like break down everything that happens but like i feel like yeah Yeah. if you if i think it's like even if you're if you're a psychopath and you listen to this and you haven't seen it and you still want to go and see it there's a bunch of stuff you're going to get to discover for yourself. A bunch of cool character oh, yeah. interactions, a bunch of cool set pieces. Like there's a bunch you can go into. Um, so we'll just leave it at that, I suppose, for that. So to wrap it up, Eric, we talked about this the other day. What do you think? How would you if if somebody was okay? I'm going to give you the reins, Eric. We're going to bring you in as like creative director. We need you to figure out what we're going to do with James Bond moving forward. Um, what would you do? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I I like the, yeah. I mean, where do you start? Um, 
I man, I like the I like the idea that you came up with, like uh, almost that character being a commander, in, um, training these other agents to kind of come up. I don't know if I would start. I don't know if I would start it where he is super young or, or like right out of the academy sort of thing and you kind of get to see that that uh, trajectory of the character because I feel like they kind of do that with the Kingsman. I could be wrong oh, about yeah. that, but I, I get that yeah. feeling. Uh-huh. Um, and then you could also do it where he is... Uh, older than that character um, is, or older than the the Craig character is portrayed. Um, but I don't know how kind of long that that series could kind of carry on. I don't know. That's a that's a really good question, you know, um, because it seems like a lot of movies similar to this are just playing off these these foundational ideas that that bond has already established <laughs> like all these um uh, mission impossible or uh the charlie's angels uh the oceans movies um i mean you name it like movies similar to this it it's like they have they have kind of um already investigated what what would kind of happen with with different scenarios, so I I really I, re- I really don't know, but I I think I think I kind of liked your idea of of that character um, building up these these agents or these double O agents uh, to to kind of put them in the field and 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 acting as if at, in a team aspect um, would be kind of a new take or an interesting look. To kind of see like behind the scenes, like how they kind of, you know, make the sausage in a way, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I suppose in a way, though, if they did do that, that's more or less just Mission Impossible, you know, in a sense that if it that's was, true, going, yeah. If they if they went for like a team angle, then yeah, you would get down more in the Mission Impossible type roles, or like movies. Um, but yeah, it's. I think if if I was going to do it, this is how I do it. Um, I have been thinking about this. So if nobody <laughs> steal these ideas, by the way, um, and if anybody does this shit, I'm going to know that it was on this podcast first and it's time stamped. So I'm going to see you. Um, <laughs> this is how I do it. I would, I would not do a young James Bond because I can't think of anybody in their right mind who wants to watch a young James Bond because it sounds terrible. So I don't want to see young James Bond. I do. I think old James Bond is very interesting but then how do you do old James Bond, which is you'd have to do it along the way that you were just saying there, like the team aspect or as Bond moving into like an Emerald where he's more like of a, uh, a desk, a desk guy, you know what I mean? And he's like, he's putting together a team. Yeah, there's that mm-hmm. way to do it. This is how I would do it. What I would do is, is I would make every single Bond from now on standalone and different Bond. So what I would do is I would not, which you know they're never going to do this because they're going to do extended universe Bond shit. You're right. Like the Marvelification of everything. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. Like if they started again, we're going to watch like 
it's going to be like a six six movie run with the same character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But what I yeah. would do is I would do them as all individual movies, all one off, right? All new cast every single time. And what I would do is I would either do him, um, I would either go through and redo old Bond movies. So I'd be like, um, James Bond will return in um, Man with a Golden Gun or Goldfinger or whatever, you know what I mean? And then I would do those classic James Bond tales, but now with the new cast and like play around with the rules of it a little bit, you know what I mean? So I kind of like the idea of them. It would be cool if they could bring on different styles of directors too. And then you could do like, because when No Time to Die starts, um, a little quick spoiler again, um, there's a the scene when Rami Malek is like coming to the house to uh, avenge his parents' death. And that's how he's introduced to Madeline when she's a child. Um, it has this almost kind of like horror movie kind of vibe to it. Like, yeah, slight yeah. kind of like horror movie kind of um, overtones, undertones. So that led me to thinking, what if he did like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a, like a James Bond with like a horror tint, like, like was pushed a little bit more that way. So it was a little bit more like sinister. Um, I think you could do, you could play around with the character and the setup and like the, the, you have this, like, it's like a, you have a set of tools basically that are already ready assembled. We all know James Bond's backstory, but all know, um, like the characters that were played. So why don't you, it would be fun if people could just rearrange those blocks every time into different things, you know what I mean? Or into like a different vibe. Because I think seeing a James Bond movie that played like a James Bond movie that was a horror movie would be sick. It would be so cool. Um, Because we've never seen anything. I mean, like, have you seen a horror movie that's about a spy? Like, No, I mean, nothing. Yeah, nothing I could think of. Yeah. And I know obviously like, we the the Bond movies have to appeal. They have to be mass market. They have to. I mean, they cost like three hundred million, three hundred million dollars to make them. So they're not going to risk it. You know what I mean? With my idea, but I just think like <laughs> that's what I would like to see. That's what I would do with Bond. I think it'd be really cool if they're like, okay, um, we we're going to be doing Moonraker. It's John Boy John Boyega. He's going to be thirty one years old. He's going to be twenty eight or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's the age of Bond yeah, we're yeah. doing it. And that's how we're doing it. It's going to be set in 2021, 2022. And we're going to do it. That's how we do it. Like, I think that'd be super cool. Um, all of these things they're not going to do, though. So in that case, if I was <laughs> if I was going to do it under the rules of Hollywood and the rules of like, the way these they handle these franchises, I think the, the whoever they choose, it's key. They, of course it is, but they have to get the Bond right. They have to get them right. And... Um, if first people have were up in arms about Daniel Craig and I get it, but like they need to be, they need to do something bold with who they choose. Like, I don't think replacing Daniel Craig with like, it wouldn't happen and he wouldn't do it. But if they replaced him with Tom Hardy, that's not replacing Daniel Craig. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to see somebody of that kind of ilk. I, I want him to do something cool. So like for years, everybody wanted Idris Elba to do it, which I totally get. I think Idris Elba is amazing. And I think it'd be amazing as Bond. I think he's too old now though. Um, so for yeah. me, yeah, like John, I think John Boyega would be an awesome Bond. Um, right now, he's my my number one pick for James Bond, um, hands down. Hmm. So um, I'd like the I'd like to see him do something like that, and then I just I don't want. I think it's because we're getting older too, and there's so many of these stupid franchises. Like I don't want another franchise. I just want like I want them to do something interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's uh that would be a that'd be a kind of a new and it'd be very bold. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be suicidal if they did that. <laughs> They'd probably be like, get in touch with that guy from movies last night who suggested we do this because we're suing him. It was a terrible idea. Where nobody but I think it. it's going to yeah. be some time. I, I don't think we're going to see another uh, Bond movie for a few years. Yeah, I think when they have to go through the whole... I think, I reckon, by like end of 2022, we'll start seeing rumors of casting. And then I reckon they'll probably make an announcement like early 2023 and be like hey this is the new james bond and we're going to start filming soon you know what i mean for yeah for 2024 yeah Yeah, i think so i think that's how they're going to do it um okay well i think that more or less wraps up movies last night episode on no time to die um we could do a bit of housekeeping before we go um I have no housekeeping, so it's pointless. <laughs> not unless you, not unless you do, Eric. I don't really have anything. I to think, say. Uh, I think next week we are probably either gonna do, uh, we're gonna try and do Lamb or oh, uh, yeah. the Last Duel. Yeah, either one of those. I think that's what we're kind of shooting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll be interested. I think it'll really just depend down to timing and when we can get in to see it. Um, I yeah. do really want to do Lamb. I really want to do Lamb, but. I kind of actually would like to do the last duel too because it's so different to the shit that we've been doing recently. So I think that'd be really yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Either or, either or, I think it'll be it'll be good. Uh, I think I'm sure both movies will give us plenty to talk about if we do them. Um, any recommendations before we head out? Uh, no. I mean, like I said, my weekend was really kind of focused in on the Bond stuff, so. I mean, if, if it's still available, a, a majority, I think four, three or four of them, no, let's see, one, two, three, uh, four of them are streaming. If you have the, uh, if you have streaming services, just look them up because I think most of them you can watch for free in 4K uh, if it's available where you are. And I think the only one that I paid for outside of... Um, Outside of the new one was Spectre, and and it was pretty cheap. Um, yeah, it was so, one night. It's like one ninety nine on special. I think I checked last night. Yeah, really yeah. Cheap. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Do yourself a favor. Rewatch Spectre. Um, rewatch Skyfall and Spectre. Oh yeah, totally. I that, I think that's a really good recommendation for anybody listening. Like, I think it's it, it's fun. I rewatched Casino Royale yesterday, um, just while I was drawing the art for the episode. Um, and it's super fun to go back to it after watching No Time to Die. So if, even if you do it in like reverse order, it's still fun. Um, I don't really have much of a recommendation. I mean, the one thing I will recommend, and it is related to uh, Kari Fukunaga, is um, he worked as a producer on a uh, show that's currently on HBO. If you have HBO Max, you can get it on there. It's called The Alienist, um, which is a show. It's like a detective uh, crime drama period piece that's set in like... I think it's like 1896 roughly around that time in america in new york um and it's like a um it's like a murder mystery show that will be like one murder conspiracy that lasts the whole season and then like i think there's only two seasons but i'm in the second season right now and it's excellent if anybody's interested in that kind of stuff if you like jack the ripper stuff or like you know what i mean like um yeah 
period stuff. Um, I think you'd like From Hell, that kind of vibe. It's excellent. It's really, really worth watching. Um, highly recommend. It's on HBO Max. It's super easy to watch. And like the episodes are uh, like just really, really fun, really interesting, really gruesome and gory and bloody. So yeah, huge recommend on that for me. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Eric. Um, another excellent episode in the bag. <laughs> Good job, Scott. <laughs> Oh, we, uh, of course, as always. <laughs> um, okay, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to go smoke and uh, chill out. So have a good night. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. See you later. Thanks, guys.